Blog Talk Radio.
I am Jehovah, the mighty God. Good evening, and welcome to Miracle Internet Church. Hi, I'm Pastor Sabrina, and we're so happy that all of you could join us this evening for Fellowship in the Word of God. As you know, those of you who listen regularly and participate, God has chosen this ministry to present before the righteous judge adjudications concerning active situations that are going on in the earth. Amen? Well, tonight we have a little extra work to do in that category, in that uh, part of the service. And so we are asking everyone uh, to be attentive and to participate. Amen? You see, agreement in prayer is important. Agreement in prayer is important. And so we would like for everyone to give their attention at that part of the service because God has some work he wants to get done. And um, he particularly pointed out to me that he would like for all of us uh, to take that more seriously. In Leviticus 26, 8, he says, And five of you shall chase a hundred, and a hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight, and your enemies shall fall before you by the sword. In Deuteronomy 32.30, he said, How should one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight, except their rock had sold them and the Lord had shut them up? I, I realize that there are some of you, uh, in spite of how long you've been with us, don't realize the power that comes in the agreement of the body of Christ. But God does realize. And he is calling us tonight to come together over the adjudications that he's presenting because he wants some agreement because he wants to act. And so I am certain that none of us want to be a hindrance to God at all. We don't want to in any way hinder the Holy One of Israel. Amen? He's very serious about this, and he expects us to take it seriously, all right? Okay, so with that said, God bless everyone, and a special welcome to all of our first-time listeners. We are a Christian, Internet, non-denominational, Protestant church, worldwide church, as a matter of fact, worldwide, that come together in the love of God in the presence of the Lord, to receive of the Lord, to receive of his spirit and his word and his guidance for our daily lives and for this ministry. Amen? So we welcome everyone in the name of the Lord. I'm so happy that so many of you join us. Please feel free to invite others to come and listen. Please feel free to invite others to come and listen. Amen? Um, I'm going to leave that with you right there. I'm going to leave that with you and the Holy Spirit because evangelism or leading people to Christ or soul winning, as we call it, 
is important to every Christian. And it does not matter if they're your schoolmate, if they're the person in your neighborhood, or whomever. It does not have to be a family member, amen, that you've been trying to drag to church forever. No, it just has to be someone that's a human being. And I think you would know one if you met one. So we encourage you to invite others to listen with you and to share in the blessing that you have enjoyed for some time. This blessing has shaped your life. It has changed your life, and it's changed you. Amen? So we encourage everyone to participate in what the Lord is doing. Thank you. Amen. Praise the Lord. We are a church family. We're not just individuals scattered all over the world. When we come together in the Lord's name, the Holy Spirit joins us together in one spirit. And as once that joined together in one spirit, the Lord wants us to act together in agreement. Remember, he talked to us not too long ago about unity. And this is what he means. He means for us to come together in love, in fellowship, under the word, in prayer, and in intercession. Amen? He wants us to agree on offering these adjudications before him because what we do about them is important to him. And it's important to people all over the world. It's important to the end time. So I want us to look at it from that point of view and to remember the many callings that we have in Christ. We've talked about that recently. Amen? So let's get our thinking caps on right because God has been very good to us. And this is what he has asked us to do. This is our reasonable service. Amen it is. This is our reasonable service. So I encourage you to listen all the way to the end and agree with us on uh, presenting these adjudication requests to the righteous judge for his adjudication. Well, what's an adjudication? You already know. Most of you have been to court at least one time or you've seen something on television. The judge makes a ruling, and his ruling is carried out. That's an adjudication in short order. Amen? Amen. And once he says what he says, that's what he says. So, since the word of the Lord is settled forever in heaven, we know that there will be results in the earth because his word does not return to him void. No, it accomplishes in the thing whereto he sent it. Amen? So we should get our faith out and come in agreement with the decisions that the Lord makes. Praise the Lord. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Amen. That's what we want to do. So, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for our first-time listeners and the many more first-time listeners that will join us here. We thank you, Lord, for increasing our, our numbers and our membership here. 
We thank you, Lord, for increasing their learning and their commitment to you, their devotion to you, Lord. We thank you, Father, that they will learn here what they probably have not learned anywhere else. But it's critical to everyone's faith, Father, that we have the essence, the essentials, the full counsel of God concerning the word of God, that our faith is is a solid faith. It's not a transient faith, depending on which situation we're going through at the moment. No, our faith is grounded in the Lord, in sacrifice for us, and in the word of God. So, Father, we want to thank you. We want to thank you that you have chosen to use us so. We are honored and blessed, and we are your willing servant to do your bidding. Amen. Praise God. Now, for all of our first-time listeners, we want to invite you to join us in our chat room, and our chat room is located on our webpage. Our webpage is MiracleInternetChurch.com, MiracleInternetChurch.com. When the page comes up on your computer or your laptop or your tablet, across the banner you'll see MIC Radio Chat. Click that link. When the page changes, click Guest. When it changes again, sign in using one of the names on your birth certificate and your greeting to the saints. And enter, and the saints will respond to you in love. If you're using a cell phone, the instructions are very similar to you. Use your browser to find Miracle Internet Church. When the page comes up, across the banner, you'll see three white lines against a black background. Click the three white lines. That will open up all the other links to you. You may choose MIC Radio Chat and sign in following the directions you just heard. Amen. We welcome you in the name of the Lord, and God bless you. So, Lord, we're taking on this shield of faith. Why? Because you want us to use it to be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Your word, Father, renews our mind. Your word renews our mind so that we are able to prove what your good and acceptable and perfect will in our life is. Your wonderful word also imparts faith to our heart. Thank you, Lord. Through your grace, we will wash in Cleansing, sanctifying waters of your word every day. The truth of your word sanctifies us. Thank you, Father. Your word helps to increase our faith because its power is at work in our lives for the life-giving power of your word, Father. We rejoice in the knowledge that you are changing us from glory to glory by your Spirit. As we meditate upon the principles of your word, our faith grows and we are blessed. 
Realizing, Father, that it is impossible to please you without faith, we come to you fully believing in you and knowing that you will reward us because we are diligently seeking you. Thank you for enabling us to have faith in you and your word. The faith you've imparted to us is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things we do not yet see. Thank you, Father. We realize that the things that are seen are temporal or temporary and subject to change, but the things that are not seen are eternal. Through faith, we are able to understand so many things, including that the very worlds of the universe were framed by your word. This helps us to understand that things which are seen were not made of things which we see now. Instead, they were made by your unseen hand, O Lord. Therefore, we will walk by faith and not by sight. Through faith, you enable us to subdue kingdoms, to work the works of righteousness, to obtain all of your promises, and even to stop the mouths of lions. Through faith, we shall be able to quench the violence of fire, to escape the edge of the sword, to turn our weaknesses into strength, to become valiant in all struggles, turn our enemies away. Thank you for increasing our faith, Father, through your word in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness towards your people. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, from our position seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, we bind Satan, the strong man, all of his evil angels, evil spirits, demonic agents, all of his underlings, decisions, timings, maneuvers, tactics, devices, plans, orders, and we cancel all demonic assignments and satanic agendas against the righteous. We take the territory from Satan in Jesus' name. We bind every form of godliness which denies the power of Jesus Christ. We come into agreement with the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, and we come out of agreement with Satan, his agents, and his wicked powers in Jesus' name. We close and seal all portals, channels, open doors of access to the enemy in the name of Jesus. We pull down all demonic thrones. We bind the wicked principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and all spiritual wickedness in high places in the name of Jesus. We release the all-consuming fire of God on every ley line, silver cord, and garland. We bind the demons and workers of darkness in the heavenlies, in the bush, and in the deep. We bind rape and murder to its strong men and dethrone them all, chaining them all in eternal chains and darkness, placing them in the custody of the Holy Spirit. We bind the sources of all witchcraft attacks, and we return the attacks onto the heads of the devils that bring them to cling to them for eternity. We bind all trafficking demons, reporters, watchers, peeps, whispers, familiar demons, electronic digital technology demons in their attacks, Leviathan spirits, brainwashing and kundalini spirits in their attacks, water and marine spirits, sex devils, unclean spirits, passive devils, 
sorcery devils, all seducing, womanizing, whoredom spirits, and their attacks. In the name of Jesus Christ, we bind you all. We take authority, dominion, and power over pain-afflicting spirits, sleep deprivation, artificial intelligence, smart dust and drone spirits, the Havana syndrome, brain changes, injuries, all remote viewing, all sonic and audio weapons. We take authority, dominion, and power over all the voices of the stranger, the charmer, and the seducer in their attacks, and all hypnotic and trance devils in their attacks, mystic rituals in their intent. And we overturn and empty all cauldrons and chalices upon the heads of the conjurers and the magicians. In Jesus' holy name, we bind electromagnetic attacks, smart technology and particle attacks, techno-paganism, mind control by the occult, force feedback, cyber stalking, cyber sex, cyber sex crime, pornography, demonic curiosity, bewitching spirits which manipulate modern technology, false microwave radiation attacks designed to cause neurological problems, brain injuries, debilitating headaches, vertigo, binding, directed energy, microwave weapons, binding all vibrations, which are demons. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. We take authority, dominion, and power over brain changes and injuries in the name of Jesus. We take authority, dominion, and power over remote viewing. We take authority, dominion, and power over ringing in the ears. In the name of Jesus, we bind that devil. In the name of Jesus Christ, we bind all sonic and audio weapons, all targeted radio frequency, pulse weapons and their attacks, microwave attacks, debilitating sonic frequency attacks, and the work of every druid. We send that ringing back where it came from in the name of Jesus Christ. We return it to sender according to the covenant, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us in Jesus' name. We take authority, dominion, and power over every attack of 5G on our own personhood, on our bodies, on our cell phones, on our uh, tablets and computers and all of our electronic and technological devices in Jesus' name. We return the attacks from whence they came. We raise the shield of faith, and we quench all the fiery darts of the wicked in Jesus' name. We send those fiery darts back where they came from, as, in the, as, as a matter of fact, in the name of the Lord Jesus, with the intent that they came toward us to go back where they came from in Jesus' name. We want to thank you, Lord. The enemy is evil, but you are good. You are so good. Thank you. We're binding on microwave frequency weapons, 5G and components, everything coming off of a satellite, everything coming from what we call outer space or another galaxy. We bind you. We send those weapons back against you in the name of Jesus Christ. We take authority, dominion, and power over any beams or signals that are used against humans as a weapon in the name of Jesus, and we reverse it. We boomerang it back from whence it came in the name of Jesus coming from any satellite, any orbit, any planet, any star, any galaxy, any station on a, on a planet, any satellite system, global positioning system. Also with any attack coming from under the waters in the name of Jesus Christ, every attack must go back, every attack must go back, 
every attack must go back in the name of Jesus Christ. Every cyber attack must go back in the name of Jesus. Every cyber attack must go back in the name of Jesus. We are returning it from whence it came. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask that you release your angels, release your warring angels to attack wherever the attacks are coming from in the name of Jesus. Release your attack, Lord Savio. Release your armies against those that come against this ministry in the name of Jesus Christ. We break their grip and hold over the sound, over the EMFs and EMPs and whatever else they think they can do. We break their power and cut them free off the grid in the name of Jesus. We pull their computers down in the name of Jesus. We cause them to blow up in the name of Jesus. We send all their electronic technology back against them in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for reversing the curse and send it back where it came from. In Jesus' holy name. Finding all reinforcements, every attack, every attack, every attack goes back in Jesus' name. We bind those in all electronic and technological demons we send, and virtual reality demons. We send your wickedness back on your own heads in the name of Jesus. We take authority, dominion, and power over sound technology being used against the people in this ministry in Jesus' name. We send the sounds and the vibrations back to you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for accompanying the sounds and the vibrations with the fire of God in Jesus' name. Thank you for releasing your angels against those entities in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We give you the praise. We give you the praise. Hallelujah. We send the vibrations and the sound attack because you're using sound weapons back where you came from. We're pulling down all your shields, all your protections, and we're melting them in the fire of God in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, and we give you praise in the name of Jesus Christ. We're binding all microwave frequency weapons, all pulse weapons in their attacks, microwave attacks, debilitating sonic frequency attacks, and the work of every druid. We take authority, dominion, and power over 5G and components. We bind 5G in Jesus' holy name. We bind 5G and all of its components in the name of Jesus Christ. We forbid you to enter our environment. Our environment is holy. We refuse you, we reject you, and we send you back in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we give you the praise. All the attacks against our cell phones and against any other electronic property or technological devices that we have, we send it back to you in the name of Jesus Christ. We send it back and we bind the attack to you in the name of Jesus. Father, we 
But we bind all the voices of the stranger, the charmer, and the seducer in their attacks, and all hypnotic and trance devils in their attacks. We break every hypnotic spell and every trance. We bind those devils, and we bind their hypnotic trances to them in Jesus' name. We bind all mystic rituals in their intent. We overturn and empty all cauldrons and chalices upon the heads of the conjurers and the magicians. We bind every order of magic and mystic arts in the name of Jesus. We bind Buddhist black magic, Santeria, Kabbalah, Egyptian, Chaldean, Hindu, Indian, African, European, North American, Islander, Ruka tribal group. Ancestral group in the name of Jesus. Sending their wickedness back to them in the name of Jesus. Islander group. All over the globe in the name of Jesus. We are binding all covens, all cults, all conclaves, and all cabals. And we're sending their evil and wickedness that they have conjured up back to them in the name of Jesus. We are sending it all back from from the time of Cain and Abel until now. We send it back in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind every order of magic and mystic arts. We bind Caribbean and Latin American black and white magic in Jesus' name. We bind all Morgellons attacks, and we return every attack to the senders. We bind the culture of corruption worldwide. We bind all free-flying devils. We bind all evil spirits, which take animal forms, all shape-shifting spirits trapping them into their shifted form for all eternity. We bind each demon responsible for the dominion of sin in our culture. We bind impulsivity, inattention, racing mind, hyperactivity, low levels of dopamine. We bind the prince of the power of the air, and we return his powers to Jesus Christ. We bind the power of the dog and every abomination that's been committed. We bind the Lord of the flies and his agents, and we place them under the feet of the Lord Jesus. We bind the Mandela effect, all satanic ritual abuse, devil satanic worship, witchcraft dedications, and all rituals done on the phases of the moon. We bind all formations of bullflies and demonic insects. We bind our spiders in their webs, trapping them in their own webs. We bind the transference of evil spirits. We bind everybody's water devil. Everybody's water devil. And we wrap you in the fire of God in Jesus' name. As on Mount Carmel, we lick up your water in Jesus' name. The very fire of God from the throne of God in Jesus' name. 
tell that I just told Rocky, hey, we bind our formations of bullflies and demonic insects. We bind spiders in their webs. We bind our witchcraft dedications and rituals done on every phase of the moon. Trapping them in their own webs, these spiders and webs, yes. We bind the transference of evil spirits, spirits of infirmity, spirits of supplanting the gods of the people of the land, the gods of the groves, and every spirit that exalts logic, science, human reasoning, and demonic knowledge against the knowledge of God and makes man wise in his own eyes. We bind mammon and his agents. We bind all demons sent forth to intimidate, harass, manipulate, lie against, mock, wear down, infect, destroy, spy, sabotage, monitor, track, besmirch, block, distract, confuse, pervert, stifle, curse, expose, stop, defile, corrupt, undermine, despise, bewitch, tranquilize, assassinate, divide, confound, attack, reproach, and reduce the effectiveness of the righteous in Christ Jesus. We bind the shedding of injected persons upon us. We return and loose these attacks to the senders according to the covenant. We bind the bondage of generations of fools and the spirits of the fool in Jesus' name. We bind the carnal mind. We bind the fool's anger in Jesus' name. We bind food, lust, addictions, and gluttony. We bind false flags. We return to sender according to the covenant, regardless of which cult, coven, which conclave you belong to, or which cabal in Jesus' name. We return to sender according to the covenant, all in every reprise, or if you think you're a solitary Satanist, we bind you too in Jesus' name. According to the covenant, all in every reprisal, retribution, counterattack, psychic weapon, retaliation, all avenging, all blowbacks, all vengeance, blood rituals, every boomerang, each payback, and all requiting of our righteous warfare in Jesus' name. This includes every evil work, mark, rite, ritual, ceremony, sacrifice, proclamation, pronouncement, vow, root work, or sin against us. Astral projection, sending demons to us to work against us and against all that pertains to us. No demon, no wicked person or unrighteous event left behind. Binding the inordinate use of conjugal rights, returning to sender, all witchcraft attacks through channeling and the satellites against the website, the app, and the broadcast in Jesus' name. Binding all abortion as a magical ritual. Returning to sender, all Cameroonian wizardry, black magic, juju, hexes, vexes, and such. Returning to sender, all tribal witchcraft, especially obedamen, and witch doctors in Jesus' name. Returning to sender, all Chaldean witchcraft in the name of Jesus Christ. Returning to sender, all Spanish witchcraft in the name of Jesus Christ. All Haitian witchcraft in the name of Jesus Christ. We take authority, dominion, and power over every member, every device, every tactic, every teaching, all error, all lies, all witchcraft and occult actions of every coven, every cult, every conclave, and every cabal, especially those that are grouped together and NGOs that are grouped together as covens under the heading of the Illuminati. Every evil work you have ever done, planned, or intended to plan, we return it upon your heads in the name of Jesus. We return it upon your head continually in Jesus' holy name. Thank you, Lord. Breaking and destroying our social, emotional, and psychological ties with food and drink, 
which are displeasing to Jesus Christ, binding superficial religious acts and every act of sexual sin, binding magic spells for love, money, protection, black magic, white magic, candle magic, hoodoo, root work, lucky charms, high magic, and folk magic spells, binding the demons of energies, boomeranging their wicked works upon them, binding on magical language, magic signs, and magical patterns, even in numbering, binding synchronicity, binding and caging Poseidon and all other underwater demons and cities, and stripping them of their crowns and powers and thrones, and transferring them back to Jesus Christ because all power belongs to God, binding all conjurations and summoning of demons, binding Jewish black magic mysticism, magic writing, banding the essence of magic and Jewish magic by practitioners, amulets, bowls, precious stones, incantations, divining practices, magic spells and potions, binding all blockages to righteous spiritual reception in Jesus' name. We bind all vampire spirits, voodoo, hoodoo, ancient arts, mystic rituals, devils attending the New World Order, New Age Movement, Great Reset, Make-Believe Fantasy, Fables, Enchantments, False Religions, Numerology, Horoscope, Spirits, and Works of the Oppressors and the Spirit and the Children of Disobedience. Martial Arts, Yoga, Transcendental Meditation, Antichrist Ideologies and Doctrines, Ahab and Jezebelic, Spirits and Practices, Lewdness, Perversions, The Outworking of Bane, Deceit, Death Spirits, Spirits of Destruction, Chaos and Mayhem, Oppression, Depression, Anarchy, Premonition, Clairvoyance, ESP, Psychokinesis, Bio-PK, Out-of-Body Experiences, Reincarnation, Haunting, Poltergeist, Astral Travel, Psychic Healing, Demonic Meditation, Spirit Guides, and Defilement by Wizards. We bind the King of Pride and all of his underlings. We chain them with eternal chains under darkness and send them into the spiritual cage to the feet of Jesus for judgment. We bind all human, demonic blood, sexual, financial, animal, food, fecal, and solely sacrifices in Jesus' name. We bind all devils attached to idols and idolatry. We bind every form of rebellion, idolatry, root work, mind control, apathy, unyielding, nature worship, deception, scoffing, error, worldly indoctrination, military spirits, idle mind, unfocused mind, rioting, abuse, all trolls, all fear, combated jealousy, fleshly ambition, the culture of corruption, weariness, betrayal, unfaithfulness, temptation, descent, and violence in Jesus' name. We bind Belial, Beelzebub, Baal, Molech, Basilek, Python, Neptune, Zeus, Apollyon, Kali, all gods and goddesses, on and all false deities, Mammon, Atlas, Baphomet, and his 72 in the name of Jesus. We bind them, chain them, send them into the spiritual cage and to the feet of Jesus for judgment. We undo the works of all demonic weapons, fireballs, poisons, voodoo pins, and dolls, hot and cold spots, and we return their afflictions to the worker of witchcraft and their pagan sources. We break the powers of every Masonic ritual, rite, ceremony, vow, pledge, and pact, and those of the associated organizations. We bind the rituals, the brotherhood, the lodge, the craft, the worship, the grips, Freemasonry, the rituals of every secret society, and those of all the associated organizations in Jesus' name. We bind their wicked works. They're evil and they are occult practices in the name of Jesus. We bind the powers that they work with and the demons that they summon in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind them with eternal chains under darkness, send them into the spiritual cage and to the feet of Jesus for judgment. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Isha, we bind signals, designs, tumors, charms, triggers, codes, prompters, 
psychic weapons, voodoo pins and dolls. Now, if you're constantly getting attacked, you need to um, ask the Lord to help your faith to grow. Amen? You need a little bit more faith, simply being attacked. And you're in active warfare. You need to ask the Lord to help your faith to grow. Amen? Good. Praise the Lord. We bind every spirit that was familiar to the Laodiceans. We bind the insanity, pride, and work of errors and foolishness of our own opinions. We bind being misled and misleading others. We return and loose all the retaliations of the enemy upon his own head, according to the scriptures. We bind our traditions and customs rooted in sin. We denounce and renounce them all and loose ourselves from them. We bind the gangsters and send their fear, harassments, and witchcraft back on their own heads as well as their mind control in Jesus' name. We bind the spirit of slumber in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father that you have given us power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm us. We rejoice with you that our names are written in heaven. We bind every spirit that denies the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ and his blood atonement on the cross of Calvary. Father, we ask for eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to believe, and minds to receive what the Spirit of God says to the church. We repent of an evil heart of unbelief in accord with Calvary. We ask you, Father, to teach us to guard our hearts with all diligence. Lord, we come to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke and chain, and to call for justice and plead for truth. Lord, develop in us a love for the truth. Lead us into truth. Your word is truth. Make us to know the truth, and your truth will make us free. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Lord, we've come to celebrate the scriptures with you and to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. We will not turn back. We will not turn back. We will not turn back from pursuing the enemy until the Godhead does. The Lord Jesus Christ is our commander-in-chief in whom we serve and obey. Father, in the name of Jesus, we command every demon that has followed us, was sent to us, or transferred to us to be bound and leave us now in the name of Jesus. Whether it came through the computer, through the computer lines, or the cell phone, or whatever device, devices, or if they tried to hitchhike, we bind them in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem and elsewhere. We pray for kings and all who are in authority and all true Christians, especially those that are being persecuted or being imprisoned, were left behind in Afghanistan or some other place, or they're a January 6th prisoner. Though we walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive us. You will stretch forth your hand against the wrath of our enemies, and your right hand shall save us. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we particularly take authority, dominion, and power over the L. Ron Hubbard teaching, over the lies, over the demons that it attracts. We take authority, dominion, and power over Scientology and all of its error, all of its wickedness, all of its witchcraft, all of its occult powers, all of its marine and water spirit foundation. We break its grip and hold on the people, Lord. We break and hold on the people. We break its grip and hold on the people. We break its grip and hold on the people and their technologies in the name of Jesus Christ. We send every attack back from whence it came in the name of Jesus Christ. We send every attack back from whence it came in the name of Jesus Christ. We send every attack back from whence it came in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we ask you to release the destroyer to destroy what you want destroyed. We come in agreement with you, Father, in Jesus' name. 
Thank you, Lord. Father, in Jesus' name, we cover ourselves with the blood of Jesus and our mode of transportation, whatever that may be. We take authority, dominion, and power over all interferences in the road that might cross our path. We thank you that you've released your angels ahead of us to protect us. Lord, we cover ourselves and our property with the blood of Jesus. We take authority over demons of the day, night, or any other time, bad dreams, night dreams, sex dreams, anyone or anything attempting to get into our dreams. We ask you, Father, for our angels to pierce them through with their swords in the name of Jesus Christ. We command them to stay away. We thank you for giant warrior angels protecting us and our property as we sleep or as we go about our daily tasks. We thank you for the wall of fire that protects us, that surrounds us with your glory in the mist. We thank you for linking shields of your warring angels. We thank you for your warring angels, your praising angels. But most of all, Father, we thank you for your very presence in our midst. We pull out all fiery darts, pins, needles, spears, voodoo, witchcraft, anything sonic realm. We return it from whence it came. We thank you, Lord. We give you praise. We thank you, Lord Ruka, as we cut and destroy ungodly silver coins and ley lines and sever from ourselves all ungodly soul ties, attachments, covenants, agreements, oaths, consents, garlands, vows, pledges, pacts, leagues, and all of the forms of agreement with the demonic realm. We destroy, we tear down walls of protection around shamans, globalists, nanotechnology, Satanists, wizards, warlocks, witches, diviners, pagans, and liars, divinators, in Jesus' name. We thank you for that, Lord. We break and destroy the powers of their charms, love spells, vexes, hexes, curses, fetishes, psychic thoughts and prayers, death spirits, bewitchments, witchcraft, potions, jinxes, brain frequency meditation, all mind control, voodoo, magic, sorcery, sickness, pain, and torment, psychic powers and warfare, incense and candle burning, incantations, ungodly blessings, crystals, root work, and everything being sent our way, tribal rituals and sins included in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, Father, we turn over to you all of the audio warfare that we have received in Jesus' name, all of the audio warfare that we have received in Jesus' name. We send it back. We send every vibration, every impulse, every sound back from whence it came in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that we have the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. And every attack must go back. Every attack must go back. Father, we ask you to destroy their equipment in Jesus' name. We ask you by your spirit and by your adjudications, Lord Jesus, to destroy their equipment in Jesus' holy name. Release your armies, Lord. Release your armies against their equipment in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we return to sender. Spirits of hate, bitterness, murder, envy, jealousy, wizardry, sorcery, bondage, blindness, heaviness, and hatred, Lord. Kill, Lord. No weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper, and every tongue 
that has risen against us in judgment, we now condemn it as our inheritance in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, that the enemy's attack against us will not succeed because you have brought an end to it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen, amen, and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. Amen. The enemy always seems to know when he's about to get beat up. Well, here it comes. Amen. Tonight, our featured proverb is Proverbs 13. And our verse for meditation comes from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 6. Our featured ebook is Schizophrenia Deliverance. And so we encourage you to read that book if you have not read it. The links are now in the chat room. And we encourage you, it's a very uh, inexpensive book, to access it for your own personal benefit and growth in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. So tonight, we're going to talk about demonstration of power. Demonstration of power. And so some of you are going to hear the beginnings of this and say, oh, I already know all of this. But there are those that have joined us that have not heard this. And some of you that have heard parts of it before have forgotten. And so we want everyone to be on the same footing, on the same page. So we're going to all join together tonight in this teaching. And we're going to believe for our other brethren to get it. Because some are are new in the faith and they have not learned these things. And we're not going to leave them behind. That's right. We're not going to leave any saint behind who's actually trying to come forward in the Lord. Amen. So I'm going to ask a series of questions, and as I do, I'm going to give the answers, okay? So I would suggest that you you take note, point, you might have to answer one or more of these questions for someone that you're witnessing to. Amen? Amen. So here we go. The first question is, can I receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit without speaking in tongues? Now, I know many of you have relatives that are against speaking in tongues. They're against the Holy Spirit, too, as a matter of fact, many of them. But just because they are unbelieving doesn't mean that God is not true. Amen? Amen. So the Bible says in Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, Matthew 19, verse 26, Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, but Jesus beheld them and said unto them, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. So the end question is yes. However, it's a qualified yes. I'm going to talk briefly about two people who received the baptism in the Holy Spirit in English 
rather than with an unknown tongue. Well, how can that happen? Because God can do it any kind of way he wants. It's his gift, and he can do it the way he wants for his purposes. You must remember, the bottom line is this is his kingdom. Amen. We are allowed to participate, but it's his kingdom. Amen. All right, I'm going to help you here. Uh, both of these persons were very sensitive, prophetic person, persons, very knowledgeable of the scriptures. And on this one brother, his name was Frank, the Holy Spirit manifested himself supernaturally in English. The other brother, whose name was Rufus, some months after his baptism in the Holy Spirit, began to speak in tongues and continued to witness faithfully of its value until his death. So what am I saying? I'm saying this. We must not be too dogmatic and say and believe that no one can have the baptism of the Holy Spirit unless he speaks in tongues. God, of course, can speak in English and in every tongue of men and angels, but he is more real to some people when they do speak in tongues, even when he gives them the meaning of what is spoken. So when a person who speaks in languages entirely unknown to them, it's easy to see that they are not doing the speaking alone. The Lord will do wonders for us even if we are prejudiced against tongues, if we are willing to yield at other points. <gasps> That's right. God is very patient with us, very long-suffering. Amen? He uses well all of us that is yielded to him while he waits for all that is not yielded to be yielded. Let me say that again. He uses quite well the all of us that is yielded to him while he waits for all that is not yielded to be yielded. Okay? So that means this person's okay with the Holy Spirit living in them, but they don't know about that tongues thing. God will fill them with his spirit, and he will bring them along as they are willing. Amen? I hope that makes sense to you. He doesn't cut us off because we are not yielded at every point. Remember, I told you when there are going to be times where God's going to want you to do something, and you're not going to want to do it. And so what do you do? You repent for being unwilling, and you tell the Lord, Lord, I, right now I'm in the unwilling category, but I'm willing to be made willing. That's how you, that's how you cross that bridge. You use some humility. Amen? However, some of us or some of them who have been prejudiced against tongues 
will eventually turn around and will like tongues. They will like their prayer language. That's happened to a lot, a lot of people, all right? So don't get all upset because you run into somebody who has not grown in that area and is not open to grow in that area. Amen? Amen. Amen. Do we understand? God is patient with us. He knows that we are but dust. And so it requires patience and understanding. Amen? So we can admit it's okay that the baptism in the Holy Spirit can be received without the manifestation of tongues. But we encourage no one to seek the baptism without expecting tongues. Why? Both our understanding of spiritual gifts and our willingness to receive them, our understanding of spiritual gifts and our willingness to receive them affect what gifts and manifestations will appear. Something will be missing in your spiritual life if you have received the Holy Spirit yet have not spoken in tongues. Spirit-filled Christians, as they have been come, come to be termed, who have not yet spoken in tongues will receive a precious added assurance of God's presence and power when they do. Now, I'm going to say something else. Speaking in tongues is controversial for those who want to have a controversy. Speaking in tongues is controversial for those who want to have a controversy. When I was a child, about 10 years old, uh, in the Methodist church, I was sitting in church, and I read, I heard the pastor read that scripture about speaking in tongues. Now, I had never heard or seen anybody at that time uh, that spoke in tongues. But he read it right out of the Bible. And it's like in my mind and spirit, I took a snapshot. Because many, many years later, after I graduated from college, I was in the beautician shop. And the beautician and this other lady were in her office, and the beautician was praying for the lady, and she was praying in tongues. And I heard it, but I didn't know what it was. So the lady that was doing my hair, I said, what is that? She said, she's praying for the lady, and she's praying in tongues. And suddenly, that picture that I took that happened in my heart and in my spirit when I was 10 in church, when the pastor read that scripture, flashed before me. So I understood that God was telling me that what that lady was doing was right, it's in the Bible, it's of him, and it's called speaking in tongues. There. And I was not the brightest kid on the block on these things, by the way, okay? I had to understand that God put me in the chair to get my hair done that day because he was trying to get my attention about something I knew absolutely nothing about, basically. Amen? Praise God. So, 
I was saying that speaking in tongues is controversial to those who desire to have a controversy. But if we are really seeking all that God wants to bestow, we must seek God's blessings on God's terms, not ours. It is better to hold to the scriptural pattern than be swayed by human prejudices. And that's a lot of what you run into, human prejudices. What's prejudice? You are judging without proper information, without proper facts, and with pro- without proper truth. You're going to come up with an opinion, you're going to decide it's right, and you're going to be wrong. That's about how it goes. All who speak in tongues have the authority of Scripture behind their experience. They do not need to defend their baptism in the Holy Spirit by saying, yes, I received the baptism, but I do not speak in tongues. Well, <laughs> well, there's, that means you need to grow. Amen? So if you say that you have received the Holy Spirit without speaking in tongues, I do not deny your claim. But when you witness to me that you do speak in tongues, I rejoice because your experience is fully consistent with Scripture. I encourage everyone seeking to be filled with the Holy Spirit to seek the baptism on scriptural terms. Jesus Christ is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit and Holy Fire. Yes, you have to have a conversation with Jesus Christ. So, to seek the baptism on scriptural terms means fully expecting to speak in tongues when you do receive. Amen? So, there are some people who ask, do I have to speak in tongues? Hmm. They make it sound as if they are being asked to swallow an unpleasant dose of medicine. Their question indicates they believe tongues is something to be endured rather than enjoyed. Speaking in tongues is a blessed experience. It's a joy and a privilege to be able to communicate with the Lord in this new and exciting manner. Someone said, you don't have to speak in tongues, you get to. Amen? Amen. You don't have to, but you will. (laughs) Any person receiving the the baptism in the Holy Spirit can, from the moment they accept the Holy Spirit into their life in this new and powerful way, speak in tongues. Rest assured that anyone filled with the Holy Spirit can speak in tongues. Now, my grandmother was filled with the Holy Spirit my whole life that I'd known her. But she didn't speak in tongues because she went to a Baptist church that wouldn't teach that. And so I kept praying for her to, to, to get her prayer language. And I wouldn't stop. I just kept on praying and kept on believing God. And one day she did. She didn't quite understand what had happened to her, but she clearly understood that there was a change. Amen. She clearly understood that something had happened, 
and that there was a major change. Praise the Lord. Sometimes a person receiving the baptism may refuse because of shyness or fear or false teaching. Ah, okay. They may refuse to yield their tongue and their lips at the moment they receive the Spirit, and so they are robbed of this blessed period of time. But time and again, we've heard testimonies of persons who, upon eventually yielding and receiving tongues, they are blessed. They admit that they had that had they not resisted or backed away, they would have spoken in tongues the moment that they received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit says, I can tell you this. I don't tell you things he doesn't tell me that I should tell you. I was one of those persons. Amen? I was one of those persons. I didn't know that um, all about the Holy Spirit that way. I knew he talked to me. I knew a lot of things, but I didn't know about the speaking in tongues part. So after that experience at the beautician, later on, not far, not too far in time away, I was in church one Sunday night. And so I went down to the altar, and I was I was down there on my face the entire time. Before the Lord, the whole service, sermon and all. So, at the end of the service, I got up and I went to the altar, and the pastor came and prayed for me, and he laid his hands on me. And my whole face started to shake. My, whole, my jaw was moving of its own accord. And nothing like that had ever happened to me. And I didn't quite understand what was going on, so I acted just like most humans. I froze up. Well, that was Sunday night. God was not finished with me, you see. Tuesday night, one of my friends, a Christian friend from the same church, called me up and said, well, we're going to go over to Sister So-and-So's house. We're going to have a Bible study. Okay. So I showed up. It wasn't far from my house, so I went. Well, there was a brother from Lakeland, from another church, that came over, and what did he preach about? The baptism of the Holy Spirit with that king in tongues. That's what he talked about the whole time. So afterwards, after the sermon part, everybody else went in the kitchen to eat the refreshments. And he prayed a general prayer. And all of a sudden, I got up and I, I could, something felt different inside of me. First of all, as I recall, that was a long time ago. And he, I was like hesitant. And he told me to just open, basically what I tell you, open your mouth and let it out. Let, <laughs> let the utterance come out. You actually have to open your mouth. And when I finally tried to open my mouth and say something, this 
um, geyser sort of like, like in Yellowstone Park, came out of my gut. And I stood there and prayed in tongues for a good hour. And while I was there, you know, it's like a mighty rushing wind. It's called sometimes, well, I could hear the wind, and I could feel it. It was like hurricane wind. And so that was how that meeting went. And my friend said, you know, she in, in retrospect, weeks later, she said, you know, that's the only time that Bible study ever met. And from what I could see, the only thing that happened was you got to pray in tongues. So you can start out not knowing left from right. It's okay. God will take what faith you have, and he will bring you along. Amen? So where I am now is no comparison to where I was then. So if you're shy and if you're afraid, then you know what you need to do? You need to trust God, okay? (laughs) You need to open your mouth and let God say whatever comes out. Yes, I was louder than anybody in the room. They were eating and having a wonderful time, and I was standing there praying for the longest, me and that mighty rushing wind. And that's what happened to me. So I can talk about people that are scared and don't know what's going on. God will help you if you keep working with God. Amen? Praise God. So what is speaking in tongues? Well, let's talk about it. Speaking or praying in tongues is a form of prayer in which the Christian yields himself to the Holy Spirit and receives from the Spirit of God, a supernatural language with which to praise God. Amen, amen. It's a miraculous manifestation of God's power, but one which combines both human and divine elements and which expresses both human and divine initiative. Human, you, divine, the Holy Spirit, okay? It is truly a cooperation between the Christian and the Holy Spirit. Some people misunderstand what takes place when they hear someone praying or speaking in tongues. They are apprehensive over what might happen to them if they let themselves go like that or let some other power take over. You know how folks want to be in control all the time, don't you? They assume the person is completely passive and that the Holy Spirit is doing it all. Not so. This is a completely erroneous impression of what is taking place. The person themselves is very actively participating in the experience. As someone once put it, without the Holy Spirit, you can't, but without you, the Holy Spirit won't. Amen? So, man does the speaking while the Holy Spirit furnishes the words. Man does the speaking while the Holy Spirit 
furnishes the word. Join me in the book of Acts, please. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Yes, that's the same as the Holy Spirit. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, gave them utterance. So they began to speak as the Holy Spirit gave them words to say. Amen? Speaking in tongues is a way of praying which liberates the spirit within and strengthens the Christian in a wonderful manner. The primary purpose for use in one's own devotional life it's primary in your devotional life with the Lord. Amen? Amen. Good. I'm glad we're learning something tonight. Amen? So, yes, this has been used. Oops. Let me turn the page. Okay. So, why? Should I speak in tongues? Why? Well, we're going to go to Mark chapter 16, verse 17. Mark chapter 16, verse 17. Why? Why? Why should I speak in tongues? Well, you get to. You get to. You get to and have fun. The most obvious answer to this question is that the scriptures encourage it. Jesus said it was one of the signs which was to follow the ministry of Christians. And these signs will accompany those who believe. I'm in Mark chapter 16, verse 17. Mark chapter 16, verse 17. And these signs shall follow, F-O-L-L-O-W, them that believe. Them that believe. So you have to believe first. In my name, they shall cast out devils. (gasps) Really? Yes. They shall speak with new tongues. Really? Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, the Apostle Paul, while recognizing the need for propriety or uh, order of some kind in the public manifestation of tongues, nevertheless urges Christians to receive and make use of gifts. Why? Because it helps you to build up your faith. Yes, it does. He, we are told in Scripture to earnestly desire the spiritual gift. We are told, hold on, let me move this thing around here. Oh, there. All right. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, it says, and desire spiritual gifts. 
That's right. God has gifts to give people. You'd be shocked. There are gifts that God has to give people that are not per se in the Bible. Amen. Amen. In verse 5, he says, I would that ye all speak with tongues. Not some of you, all of you. Amen. And then in verse 18, he says, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. Amen. Praise God. So, God is bringing people along and helping us to understand God's intent. I firmly believe that the Christian needs every gift that God offers them. Our willingness to yield our tongues to God may also indicate a more profound surrender than almost any other act. Selah. Our willingness to yield our tongues to God may also indicate a more profound surrender than almost any other act. The tongue, primary instrument of expression of the human personality, and until God has dominion over the tongue, his control over us is relatively slight. Yes. Into our prayer closet, saints. Into our prayer closet. Into our prayer closet. So, in James chapter 3, beginning with verse 5, James chapter 3, beginning with verse 5, the Bible says, Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. It's got a lot to say, hey. Behold. How great a matter, a little fire kindleth, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity among our members, that it defileth the whole body. So your hot little tongue defiles your whole body, setting on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of Hell. Didn't say God set it on fire. It set on fire of hell. H E L L period. For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of other things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly, it doesn't go by the rules. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Yes, that's what Jesus said. See, it's right there. It's in your Bible. Yes. So we're going to do better than that, aren't we? I know so. In addition, experience shows that prayer in tongues which the scriptures refer to as prayer in the spirit, enables us to pray with an ability and authority not our own. We do not always know how to pray in a given situation 
but holding the need up to the Father, we pray in tongues, knowing that our prayers are guided by the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, beginning with verse 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, beginning with verse 14. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the spirit. And I will sing with the understanding also. Amen? Amen. So, in Romans, before I get to Romans, I want to go someplace else. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Yes, when we pray for someone else's situation, we should pray in the Spirit. Whether it's in our native tongue and the Holy Spirit is giving us the words or whether it's in our prayer language and he's giving us the words. Amen? Don't go around making up your own bright idea. Let God tell you what to pray. Let him give you the words in your natural language and let him give you the words in your prayer language. In your tongues. Amen? Now, let's go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. We're going to verse 15. Romans chapter 8, verse 15. For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. So all the people in the ministry who have way too much fear. You're in bondage, and you need to go to Jesus because he came to set the captives free. You need to you need to really deal with your fears. Jesus has already come to us and upbraided us for trying to hold on to our insecurities. And if you're still holding on, you need to stop that. You need to get right, get it right with the Lord. Amen? For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. See, you've been set free. But ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Amen. We're the children of God. Now let's go down to verse 26, Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also 
helpeth our infirmities, our weaknesses, our inadequacies. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints. The Holy Spirit prays for us. So when we say grieve not the Holy Spirit, it's important. He maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Some people need to highlight that. Amen. So, why speak in tongues? Because it grants the Christian a freedom in prayer, which enables them to praise God extravagantly, beyond the limiting confines of known speech. Our Lord had nothing but praise for those who worshipped him extravagantly or served or trusted him extravagantly. The poor widow who gave God all the money she had in Luke 21 was one of them. The Roman centurion and his tremendous faith in Jesus' healing power from Matthew 8 was another. And Mary, who was extravagant in her devotion in anointing the Lord Jesus with precious ointment in John chapter 12, was yet another. Many of us, listen, saints, this is important. Listen, many of us are so stingy and pinched in our relationship with God that any real freedom in prayer or worship is beyond us. Mm. Food for thought, food for prayer. Such freedom can come through praying in tongues. You see, in Second Timothy, it talks about this being the last days and perilous times. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, more than lovers of God. That's Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. We're not going to turn there, but I'm going to tell you. It says that men shall be lovers of their own selves. They don't want to yield themselves completely and uh, totally to the Lord. They say they do. But in practice, that's not true. Amen. Praise the Lord. It may also help to realize that there are biblical reasons for speaking in tongues. So I'm going to give you some of the reasons. And we're going to the best of our ability go through some of the scriptures. Amen. Amen. Let me get a sip of juice here. Amen. Speaking with tongues as the Holy Spirit gives the utterance is a unique spiritual gift identified with the church of Jesus Christ. 
Prior to the day of Pentecost, all other gifts, miracles, and spiritual manifestations had been in evidence during the Old Testament time. On the day of Pentecost, this new phenomenon, as we would call it, came into evidence and became uniquely identified with the church. Acts chapter 2, verse 4, we'll visit there briefly again. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. We've talked about that. And king with tongues was ordained by God for the church. Speaking with tongues was ordained by God for the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28. And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Amen? Amen. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 21. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 21. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 21. In the law, it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people. And yet for all that, will they not hear me, saith the Lord. Mm, that's serious. With men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people. And yet for all that, they will not hear me, saith the Lord. All right. Praise the Lord. God has a lot to say. Speaking with tongues is a specific fulfillment of prophecy. Speaking with tongues is a specific fulfillment of prophecy. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 11. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 11. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 11. For with Stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. First Corinthians. Um, now I'm going to skip that one because we got a lot to get to. We're going to Joel, Joel chapter 2, verse 28. Joel, J-O-E-L, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Joel chapter 2, verse 28, Joel chapter 2, verse 28, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. 
Your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days I will pour out my spirit. Amen. Praise God. I like that about God. Now, let's go to the New Testament, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 16. Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 16. Now, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Verse 17. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So, speaking with tongues is a sign of the believer. So let's go to the Gospel of John, Chapter 7. The Gospel of John, Chapter 7, 38. The Gospel of John, chapter 7, verse 38. The Gospel of John, chapter 7, verse 38. Amen. Amen. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. All right? So God has divine order. And he decided, the Godhead decided that the Holy Spirit wasn't going to be given until Jesus was glorified. That's what happened. Amen? First, First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 22. Or 21. Might have been verse 21. Let me see. If I wrote the right thing or hit a, I did a keystroke that was wrong. Let me see. First Corinthians. Mm. Amen. No, that's right. First Corinthians fourteen twenty two. Amen. Wherefore tongues are for a sign. Not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. For them that believe not, but for them which believe. Amen? 
Amen. So, speaking with tongues, we've talked about it, and we just talked about that. Hold on. Let me get my little thing, my little pointer thing to do right. Yeah. Amen. Ah, that's what happened. Let's go to this scripture. I skipped one. I didn't intend to script. We're going to do this. Okay, because we talked about this one. That's why I skipped it. We have already said that in his name, we're supposed to speak with new tongues. So I was saying that speaking with tongues is a sign to the unbeliever. Now, Speaking with tongues is a proof of the resurrection and glorification of Jesus Christ. Yes, it is. Amen. Yes, it is. John chapter 16, verse 7. John, the Gospel of John, chapter 16, verse 7. John chapter 16, verse 7. Speaking with tongues is a proof of the resurrection and glorification of Jesus Christ. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away, Jesus said. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Amen? Good. We understood that. Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, verse 22. Speaking with tongues is proof of the resurrection and glorification of Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 2, verse 22. Acts chapter 2, verse 22. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth. A man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Verse 24, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. So the fact that we have tongues, we have that ability, proves that Jesus uh, died, was raised, and glorified, okay? Acts chapter 2, let's go on down to verse 32. Verse 32, this Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we all are witnesses, therefore being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this, which ye now see and hear. Praise God. Tongues is an evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We've talked about that scripture. So let's go to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10 Verse 45, Acts chapter 10, verse 45, Acts chapter 10, verse 45, and they of the circumcision, 
that meant they were Jewish, which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles, who were not Jewish, also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Speaking with tongues is a means of preaching to men of other languages. Well, this is a good one. I like this one. This is great. This is great. But before we go there, while we're while we're running around in the book of Acts, let's visit Acts chapter 19, verse 6. Acts chapter 19, verse 6. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Now, those of you who received the Holy Ghost but you haven't spoken in tongues, You need to keep track of these scriptures, especially those in the book of Acts, because every time you read about it, you gain faith to release your prayer language. Amen? Amen. And those of you that have had a prayer language for so long that you take it for granted and you don't pray in your prayer language unless you hear me doing it, uh, it's time to do something about that, don't you think? I do. I do indeed. So let's go to Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 6. Acts chapter 2, verse 6. Acts chapter 2, verse 6. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded, because that every man heard them speak in his own language. This is on the day of Pentecost. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear every man in our tongue, wherein we were born? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and the dwellers of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, and on and on and on he goes. He goes through a whole list of Then you get down to verse 11, Cretes and Arabians. We do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. So when the Holy Spirit came on the disciples that were in the upper room, I bind you in the name of Jesus. What you see there in those scriptures in Acts 2 you find that there were people there from all different uh, locales, and they heard the disciples speak in tongues, but they heard someone that was speaking in tongues speak in their native tongue, from their area, from the region they were from. But the person that was doing the speaking in tongues didn't know that language. It wasn't it wasn't there. So as we go along, I'm going to give you another example of it if I have time and I hope I do. Of that. 
that you can pray in other tongues, people that speak another language can hear and understand what you are saying in their language, even though you don't know that language. That's one of the ways the Holy Spirit uses the gift of tongues. Now, speaking with tongues is a spiritual gift for self-edification. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth or builds up himself. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue builds up himself. Amen. Speaking with tongues is a spiritual gift for spiritual edification for the church. Well, that's that's what it says in the next verse. I would that ye all speak with tongues, but rather that you prophesy. For greater is he that prophesies than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret that the church may be, may receive edifying. But that's not our main focus tonight. Our main focus is for us to see clearly that speaking in tongues is a gift sent by Jesus Christ at the desire of the Father by the Holy Spirit to the saints, as God would have you to pray and to build you up and a prayer language that can be used in your own devotional life. Amen? Amen. And most people that have the gift don't use it enough. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So we've already said that he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. We've already talked about that briefly. So speaking with tongues is a means by which the Holy Spirit intercedes through us in prayer. We've talked about Romans 8.26. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Romans chapter 8, verse 26, likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Amen. And we have talked about 1 Corinthians 14, 14. Speaking with tongues is a spiritual gift for singing in the Spirit. Amen. 1 Corinthians fourteen fifteen. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Amen. And Ephesians, you don't have to turn here, just write the scripture down. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19. 
Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, let me see. Where are we going to go? Amen. Praise God. All right, we talked about that. All right, we talked about that scripture. Now, we've talked about Acts chapter 10, but we're going to visit it again a little bit. Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm not going to worry about that. Uh, beginning with verse 44. When Peter went to Cornelius' house, and this is his account, while Peter yet spake these words, you know, Cornelius sent the people to go get him from Jaffa because the angel came and said certain things to Cornelius, who was a devout man and was seeking God, and but they were not Jewish. And Peter yet spake these words to Cornelius and his family. The Holy Ghost fell on them all which heard the word. While Peter was proclaiming the word, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles what also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So in verse 47, Peter says, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we. Amen. Praise God. We're, um, so when it gets to the next chapter, Acts 11, he's going to explain that to the Gentile Christian. Amen. Here we go. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. So, we're going to look at a couple of select scriptures. We're going to 1 Corinthians 14. 21. Now, we talked about this um, We talked about this briefly I'm sorry, that's going to be 39 I've looked up so many scriptures now <laughs> There we go There, 1 Corinthians 14.39 The Apostle Paul ordered that speaking with tongues should not be forbidden 1 Corinthians 14, 39. 
Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy, and forbid not to speak with tongues. <laughs> well, my mother tried to get me to stop one day, and it didn't work too well. She didn't understand a thing about tongues, and I was in the in my bedroom, minding my own business, and I was speaking in tongues. And she tried to shake it out of me, but that didn't work too well, as you can see. Amen. That did not work too well, as you see. It it, it just just it didn't happen. <laughs> so, don't be offended when people don't know how to respond or react, and don't be offended when uh, you try to explain and they don't get it. Okay. I want you to be encouraged. And I want you to go to Isaiah chapter 28, verse 12. Isaiah 28, verse 12. Amen. Isaiah prophetically refers to speaking with tongues as a rest. He calls it a rest. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 12. Isaiah chapter 28, Verse 12, to whom he said, this is the rest, R-E-S-T, wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. This is the refreshing. Speaking with tongues is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Amen? Amen. So, speaking with tongues follows as a confirmation of the word when it is preached. And we covered that scripture. Okay, thank you, Holy Spirit. Turn. And we covered that scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. So, I hope tonight you got a better understanding or that you were refreshed in the things you do know. Now, there's one more thing I want to talk to you about. One more thing we're, we're going to talk to you about. And I'm going to... I'm going to be quick with this, I think. Okay. Amen. Praise God. Are the tongues spoken today ever known, ever in known languages like they were at Pentecost? Yes. But let us make it clear that this is not a valid test of the authenticity of the experience. Certainly, at Pentecost, the tongues were heard and understood by men of various nationalities. However, when the Holy Ghost fell on the house of Cornelius and they all began to speak in tongues, there is no indication that anyone understood the languages. Yet Peter observed, these people have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he said that the Holy Spirit, we covered this scripture, fell on them just as on us at the beginning. Amen. 
If God, if then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God? While we don't know if the languages spoken on this occasion were recognizable as they had been at Pentecost, it's clear Peter did not judge the authenticity of the experience by this, but rather by the tongues themselves. So, the validity of speaking in tongues is not dependent upon the tongues being in a known language. Because for one who speaks in a tongue speaks not unto men but to God. Amen? While the primary use of tongues is for the prayer and praise the Lord does, on occasion, use it as a means of communicating with men, or at least to convince men of the supernatural nature of the experience by allowing believers who naturally speak only one language to praise him freely in another. This is what happened at Pentecost. Amen? All right. I'm going to give you an example of it. I've got just enough time to give you an example of what I'm saying. There was an Episcopalian minister who had somebody in his church, and the man's prayer language had been identified as Mandarin Chinese. And an example of tongues proving to be a known language, he explained. A pastor in our region tells me of a young Japanese woman married to a young American in the congregation. The Japanese lady had never accepted Christ, but came to the altar of the church with her husband, he to worship God, and she came to pray to Buddha. So, it was explained that as the couple knelt at the altar in the church, a woman next to them began to speak in tongues. And the Japanese lady clutched her husband's arm. Listen, she said. The woman next to them was speaking Japanese, and through her, God said, you have tried Buddha, and he has not helped you. Why don't you try Jesus Christ? God addressed this Japanese lady by her full name, known to no one in this country, and certainly not to the woman that was speaking in tongues who had no idea at the time how she was being used. Not only that, but the Japanese lady later said she was speaking high Japanese, the very formal language which we only use in our temples and places like that. So I said all of that to say this that this should be sufficient for us to see that, yes, speaking in tongues today can be in a known language. But again, 
in no way verifies the authenticity of speaking in tongues. It is still a miraculous gift of the Holy Spirit, even in the majority of cases where no one is present who can identify the language. Now, there's something else that I want to leave with you this evening. Is the desire to speak in tongues uncontrollable? Well, A part of its answer can be found in the scripture. However, this is what I'm going to say. Through through backward teaching, through error teaching, many people have been led to believe that the Holy Spirit makes people do things they don't want to do. They seem to assume that the human will and personality are completely shoved aside or that they are powerless in the grip of the Holy Spirit and are quite surprised to learn how gentle the Holy Spirit is in his dealings with us. Speaking in tongues is a method of prayer and praise, and the one doing the praying is as much in control of his speaking as he is when he is praying in English or his native tongue. He can start or stop at will and decide if and when he he wants to speak. The scriptures make it clear, since Paul had to give people instructions on how they should do it. You see, we need to understand that it's up to the person to decide whether they speak or not, and to decide to speak in tongues, whether or not it will be loud or only to himself. It is not uncontrollable. Amen? Amen. So I pray that you got something out of that tonight. Amen? I pray that you got something out of that tonight. Amen. I pray that you have your memory's been refreshed and that you have gotten something out of all of that tonight. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's always good to be reminded what the Bible says about something. Amen. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning. In Jesus' name we are. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. Amen. On the heels of a $6.5 billion net loss in 2023, the United States Postal Service is taking drastic measures to reverse its fortunes, anticipating to cut $5 billion in operating expenses through the end of 2025. In a January 10 letter to the Biden administration and Congress, Postmaster General Louis DeJoy said the government agency will need to implement the cost-cutting measures to avoid running out of cash over the next several years. The company is already in the fourth year of its 10-year Delivering for America turnaround plan unveiled in 2021. 
But despite the investment, there hasn't been much turning around. I can agree with that. (laughs) While the United States Postal Service initially expected to break even by fiscal 2023 under the strategy, losses have still amounted to $18.8 billion in the first three years of the plan. The USPS is a perplexing problem to fix, and to even say that it can be fixed is a stretch, says Dr. Tom Goldsby, professor of logistics at the University of Tennessee. In particular, he noted the inherent, inherent disadvantages it has compared to its private peers like UPS, FedEx, and Amazon, all of whom can say no to a customer and employ selectivity. Additionally, USPS cannot price stamps for cross-town mailing at one price and cross-country mailing from Key West to a remote location in Alaska at a different price, he said. Despite the disadvantages, he told uh, a journal that uh, their business model and operations can certainly be improved. At the very least, USPS appears to be minimizing future damages. He said the Postal Service reduced initially projected losses through 2030 from more than $160 billion to less than $60 billion. While we have already achieved historic reductions, they are simply not enough to make us financially sustainable, he said in the letter. The alternative is that we will run out of cash, therefore making our financial condition again a problem for the Congress to address. My continued goal is to not let that happen. He laid out four near-term goals to cut costs, as well as two other objectives designed to generate a new $5 billion in revenue. The courier plans to cut $1.5 billion in costs through regionalization transportation, aggregating volume in fewer facilities, cutting underutilized trips, and shifting more air volume to ground. To help reduce the distribution cost, that's what. To help reduce the underutilized trips, one billion will be freed up via route optimization. He said USPS would reduce another one point five billion in processing and distribution costs, namely by insourcing prior outsourced operations reorganizing operation plans and adding more sortation equipment. Finally, $1 billion in cuts will come from retail and delivery costs, including right-sized work hours and accelerating the implementation of more sorting and delivery centers. These are large facilities that consolidate the operations of letter carriers and mail handlers under one roof. USPS plans to have 100 of them operating by the end of 2024 and over 400 SNDCs in the next three years. For the sake of operational efficiency and effectiveness, I like the ideas of consolidating and bringing the distribution network into the 21st century, he said, who noted that the shift mirrors and the hub-and-spoke method of peers like USPS, FedEx, and Amazon. But he did give a warning. Those facilities will come with their own fixed cost obligations along with the legacy uh, compensation costs that are not going away. So while service stands to benefit, 
it's not obvious how the bottom line will be favorably affected. He said USPS cut 200 million hours in 2023, saving 1.8 billion. According to Jason Miller, interim chairperson for the Department of Supply Chain Management at Michigan State University, this is in line with the wider Bureau of Labor Statistics data that cities that cites rather the decline in average weekly hours industry-wide. In the courier and messenger section, Miller said work hours are historically low, suggesting payrolls are a bit large relative to current demand levels. Speaking of current demand levels, two ways to measure this are based on aggregate weekly work weekly hours work, which for November 2023 were down 7% from November 2021. And so he goes on to say all the reasons why they have to cut. It says the cuts come as the government agency has been encountering problems in the Houston area where multiple residents raised concerns of delivery delays out of two distribution centers in nearby Texas municipalities, North Houston and Missouri City. Well, guess what? I'm one of the ones that has something to say about that. USPS raised the price of a first-class stamp from $0.66 to $0.68. Some of you didn't know that. Mm -hmm. In some cases, the delays have been reported to be weeks long. No, my dear, a month long. A month long. I paid the extra fee to mail it three days, and it took over a month for it to finally arrive. Congressman Al Green said in a Tuesday press release that the agency's high output package sorters that were intended to replace the less efficient automated parcel bundle sorters in the North Houston sorting facility encountered setbacks due to poor planning. Additionally, an over-reliance on ground transportation coupled with staffing shortages post-Christmas contributed to delays. I will agree with that, he said. Green noted in the release that USPS addressed the delays by bringing in 30 additional employees. Well, I have a few things to say about that. We want to thank the righteous judge for his adjudications concerning such. Requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning. New research revealed that energy drinks could pose a greater risk to children and young people's brains than previously thought. Those who consumed energy drinks were shown to have a higher risk of mental health problems such as depression, suicidal thoughts, attention, deficit hyperactivity disorder, and anxiety. According to a study from FUSE, the Center for Translational Research in Public Health at Teesside University and Newcastle University in the UK. It was published in the Public Health Journal last month. Researchers said they looked at data from 57 studies of more than 1.2 million children and younger people from more than 21 countries to come up with their conclusion. It found that boys consume more energy drinks than girls, while many studies reported an association between energy drink consumption and alcohol use binge drinking and smoking, as well as other substance use. Additional health effects 
noted in the updated review include an increased risk of suicide, psychological distress, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder systems, symptoms, depressive and panic behaviors, allergic diseases, insulin resistance, dental caries, and erosive toothwear. Mm, and the parents' wallet. An abstract of the paper said, regarding the impacts on mental health, it found that frequent drinking of energy drinks was associated with suicide attempts and severe stress, while there were also higher rates of suicide ideation and attempts with energy drink intake greater than once per day. Longitudinal analysis reported that energy drink consumption was related to increased ADHD inattention, conduct disorder, depressive, and panic symptoms, it continued to say. A co-author, Shalina Visram with Newcastle, said in a news release that she is deeply concerned about the findings that energy drinks can lead to psychological distress and issues with mental health. These are important public health concerns that need to be addressed, she added. There has been policy in action on this area despite government concern and public consultation. It is time that we have action on the fastest-growing sector of the soft drink market. The researchers who are based in the U.K. also called on the government to either ban or restrict the energy drinks for younger people and children. This evidence suggests that energy drinks have no place in the diets of children and young people. Author Amelia Lake, professor of the public health nutrition at Teesside University, said policymakers should follow the example from countries that have placed age restrictions on their sales to children. It's because their study shows the researchers have found an even greater list of mental and physical health outcomes associated with children and young people consuming energy drinks, she said. We repeated only to we repeated the review only to find an ever growing evidence base that suggests the consumption of these drinks is associated with negative health outcomes. Several countries have already tried to regulate energy drinks, including bans on sales to minors in Latvia and Lithuania. Other countries such as Finland and Poland are also reportedly looking to ban the products from being sold to people under the age of 18. The study, meanwhile, drew a response from U.K. officials. Of course, there's money. Why not? A spokesperson for the U.K. Department of Health and Social Care told the BBC that we consulted on a proposal to end the sale of energy drinks to children under 16 in England and we will set out our full response in due course and that in the meantime, many larger retailers and supermarkets have voluntarily introduced a ban on the sale of energy drinks to children under 16. Several years ago, Christopher Snowden, the head of lifestyle economics at the UK-based Institute of Economic Affairs, found that such bans fairly target, unfairly target teenagers and said there's a lack of evidence to link the drinks to negative behaviors. Excuse me. It's linked to negative behaviors in adults, too. The current scientific evidence alone is not sufficient to justify a measure as prohibited as a statutory ban on the sale of energy drinks to children, he wrote in an article. Okay, we want to thank the righteous judge for his adjudication on such. 
requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning January 25th, members of Congress introduced a proposal called the Biosecure Act, which would ban the the use of U.S. tax, tax dollars for the utilization of genetics companies from China that collaborate with the People's Liberation Army, the PLA. This is a good bill, but one must ask, how in the world have we allowed such a practice to continue to this day? Why does the executive branch of the U.S. government need a law for such a common-sense rule that it could have made policy long ago? We should have had an all-of-government, if not all-of-society effort since at least the Tiananmen Square Massacre, 1989, to end reliance on China, especially companies linked to its military. We should most especially have limited the release of genetic data to Beijing. As noted in the House announcement, but not in most of the bill's mainstream media coverage, the proposed law is in part meant to stop the Chinese Communist Party from using U.S. genetic data for malign purposes, including genetic targeting of U.S. citizens with bioweapons. Beijing's Genomics Institute collects genetic data of Americans and uses it for research with the Chinese military. Representative Gallagher said in the bill's announcement, Mr. Gallagher chairs the House Select Committee on the CCP. He and his Democrats Co-chair introduced the House version of the bill. The CCP will undoubtedly use the genetic data collected by BGI to further its malign aggression, potentially even to develop a bioweapon used to target the American people, Mr. Gallagher noted. NBC News quoted Representative Raja Krishnamurthy, I hope, who chairs the committee as noting that the law would drive BGI from the U.S. market. Mr. Gallagher told NBC of the threat of bespoke by weapons that could target either an individual or a class of individuals. And for your readers who might think that that's the stuff of science fiction or in the distant future, it's not, he said. We know that's a technology that the CCP would love to perfect. In 2023, BGI reportedly spent $420,000 on lobbying in the United States. This should be illegal for companies from adversary nations, especially those countries developing or arguably deploying genocidal capabilities against Americans. The CCP is not only developing genetic targeting of bioweapons, but also weaponizing fentanyl as a diplomatic bargaining chip over the Taiwan issue. Fentanyl overdose has killed more than 250,000 Americans since 2018. BGI's prenatal test was reportedly developed in collaboration with the PLA and is used to collect genetic data globally. The U.S. National Counterintelligence and Security Center warned in 2021 that China has for years been able to access U.S. genomic data, including through illegal means. Global markets have apparently taken note of the new bill. Stock values of Chinese companies mentioned by the bill sponsors, including, woo, whatever that is, Aptek plummeted as much as 32% the day after the announcement. 
A U.S. law against government utilization of Chinese companies for genetic testing would be similar to laws against government purchases, Chinese drones, or telecom services. These products have a legitimate use, but mass intelligence gathering, <coughs> excuse me, for nefarious purposes. Noted to NBC by Huawei and BGI. Mr. Ivanina is the former top U.S. counterintelligence official. In 2020, the National Defense Authorization Act finally banned the use of Chinese drones by the Pentagon. It should have gone much further to ban the U.S. government's reliance on any export from China, including genetic service. Mr. Ivania noted that Beijing could use knowledge of the genetic deficiencies of Americans to blackmail individuals. He said the PLA has also sought genetic data to create for soldiers, including, for example, the use of DNA from people in the Himalayas to engineer troops <coughs> Excuse me. that can operate efficiently at high altitudes. A similar bill to the one introduced on January 25th banning the use of China's genetic companies was introduced in the Senate by the chair of the Homeland Security Committee, Senator Peters and Senator Haggerty. The bill is obviously necessary and it's bipartisan. Bicameral co-sponsors are skillfully heroes fighting the good fight inside the beltway but like the 2020 law it's far too little too late we should not need new legislation for each government purchase from china that puts americans at risk this is a failed reactive defense rather than a proactive offense that aims at the adversary center of gravity such laws should apply beyond just u.s appropriations to the u.s public generally and with global effect. Extraterritorial laws against the CCP are a big ask and apparently not currently politically feasible when it comes to genetic data laws. This is likely because CCP-linked corporations plow some of their profits into campaign donations and as a result have too much influence in U.S. politics. Amen, amen. Any such influence from a genocidal and totalitarian entity such as the CCP, including when moderated through U.S. entities, should be banned. The global nature of the CCP threat requires generalized global defenses, not a whack-a-mole U.S. law. If we only protect ourselves or limit our own purchases from China through much-needed greater tariffs, Beijing's aggressive commerce will threaten America from elsewhere. Its cheap intermediate exports will empower other countries, including adversary states, to outcompete American manufacturers, for example. We need more limits on CCP technology and higher tariffs on China's exports, but to be fully effective, these measures must be more creative, cutting edge and global, including a global tax on China. Limiting laws, limited laws such as the most recent bill are just steps in the right direction that give the illusion of progress 
toward destinations that are unreachable through pedestrian means. We want to thank the righteous judge for his adjudications concerning such. Now I need to catch my breath for a moment. Amen. Thank you for your patience. Amen. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning Egypt plans to negotiate a shift away from the U.S. dollar toward national currencies for setting trade with other BRIC states. According to a statement released by the Ministry of Foreign Affairs earlier this week, using national currencies will alleviate the rising cost of using foreign currencies as a result of high global inflation, the ministry said, citing Reggie El Etrebi, the country's newly appointed ambassador to BRICS, who also serves as Assistant Foreign Minister for International and Regional Economic Affairs. The announcement represents another step in the direction of de-dollarization being pursued by BRICS, a group of emerging economies that previously comprised Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, but was expanded at the beginning of this year to include five new members, including Egypt. Data from 2022 and 2023 shows that Egypt's trade turnover with BRICS members, both founding and new, amounted to $46.673 billion, which is more than a third of the country's total foreign trade. The global trend toward using national currencies in trade instead of the U.S. dollar gained significant momentum after Russia was cut off from the Western financial system and had its foreign reserves frozen in 2022. The BRICS countries are actively boosting the use of national currencies in mutual trade and have even signaled the possibility of introducing a new signal trade currency at the next summit in August. While such a currency is still a work in progress, some Western officials have admitted that the newly enlarged BRICS, which, in addition to Egypt, now also includes Saudi Arabia, Iran, Ethiopia, and the United Arab Emirates, has the power to topple the U.S. dollar's dominance, even without its own currency. So we want to thank the righteous judge for that. His adjudications on that. Mm. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge Concerning Israel has taken a step closer to banning Al Jazeera after accusing a reporter from the Qatar-based network for working for Hamas. The Israeli parliament voted 25 to 4 on Monday to advance a bill that would let West Jerusalem temporarily outlaw foreign media outlets the defense ministry designates as harmful to state security. It is known as the Al Jazeera law in recognition of specifically targeting the outlet. The measure advanced shortly after an Israeli Defense Forces spokesperson accused Al Jazeera reporter Mohammed Washa of being a terrorist. In the morning, he's a journalist on the Al Jazeera channel, and in the evening, a terrorist in Hamas. Lieutenant Colonel whatever his name is, said on X, formerly Twitter, posting photos allegedly showing Washash wielding a variety of weapons. The Al Jazeera law was drafted by 
Communications Minister Kari last year as Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu declared war on Hamas in the aftermath of the Palestinian group's deadly October 7th raid into Israel. Kari argued that Al Jazeera's reporting constitutes incitement against Israel, help for Hamas, ISIS, and the terror organizations with their propaganda and encourage violence against Israel. U.S. State Secretary Antony Blinken reportedly asked the government of Qatar to have the network turn down the volume of its coverage of the Gaza conflict. The International Federation of Journalists reacted to the Knesset vote by accusing Israel of using national security as an excuse to restrict critical media that do not confirm its narrative of the war and of attempting to censor media coverage of what's going on in Gaza. Two Al Jazeera employees were seriously injured in an Israeli airstrike in southern Gaza on Tuesday. According to the network reporter Abu Omar, had to have his leg amputated while cameraman Ahmed Matar suffered critical injuries to his face. U.S. State Department spokesman Spokesman Miller, Matthew Miller offered sincere condolences to the network and said the U.S. continues to engage with the government of Israel to make clear that journalists ought to be protected. An estimated 1,200 Israelis died in the October 7th Hamas raid. Since then, Israeli forces have killed over 28,000 Palestinians in Gaza, mostly women and children, according to the Hamas-run enclave's health ministry. We want to thank the righteous judge for his adjudications concerning such. Amen. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning, as the May deadline approaches for finalizing negotiations between the World Health Organization and its 194 member nations over how much authority they will see to the to the World Health Organization once it declares a global health emergency. Many health and policy experts are urging the Biden administration not to sign the United States up to the agreement. Mm-hmm. In February 2023, the World Health Organization member states negotiated the zero draft of a new treaty which wasn't identified as a treaty, but rather as the World Health Organization Convention Agreement or other international instrument on pandemic prevention, preparedness, and response. This WHOCA+, which functions as a treaty, has gone through an opaque process of negotiation and amendments ever since, from which the public has been essentially excluded with the goal of signing it this year. Among the goals for the United States that was set by Biden administration are to strengthen the global health security architecture, including WHO strengthening and engage in ongoing negotiations to amend the IHR and develop a pandemic accord. In December 30, 2023, White House fact sheet states global health security is vital for international security solidarity and cannot be achieved alone. Reggie Littlejohn, president of Women's Rights Without Frontiers, criticized the WHO draft document 
for being crafted in a way that the Biden administration can sign the United States up to it without Senate approval. Mm. The WHO refuses to call the pandemic treaty a treaty, she says in a press conference organized by Representative Chris Smith, chairman of the Global Health, Global Human Rights, and International Organizations Committee. It calls it an agreement, an accord, a framework, anything else, likely because it does not want to be submitted to the treaty process in the United States and worldwide, Ms. Littlejohn said. According to the WHO, the agreement, once signed by members, will be legally binding. Conventions, framework agreements, and treaties are all examples of international instruments, which are legal agreements made between countries that are binding. The WHO states, the U.S. Constitution gives the president the authority to enter into treaties, which are agreements between the United States and foreign entities, providing two-thirds of the senators present concur. Given the opposition to the WHO treaty, particularly from Republicans, it seems unlikely it would pass the Senate. The United States has a more difficult treaty ratification process than most other member states, said Andrew Brimberg, former U.S. ambassador to the United Nations. So there has been a recent history over the last several decades to develop new international treaties but not call them treaties so as to avoid the ratification process, you know, just like Biden. We'll find a way around it, you know. In May 2022, Senator Ron Johnson introduced a bill in the Senate that would have required the WHO treaty to be considered a treaty, hence obligating the consent of 67 senators. In February 2023, the bill received 47 votes in favor, with 49 senators voting against it. Some lawmakers have been frustrated by the Biden administration's negotiations of the WHO treaty, which they say haven't been transparent to the public. Trying to pin down the terms, that are being negotiated is like trying to nail jello to the wall, said Tony Perkins, chairman of the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom. It continues to change with every meeting, every approach, and so we're doing our best to analyze what the WHO is putting forward. The reason that nobody is being told what's going on here is because it can't withstand the light of day, said Frank Gaffney. Chairman of the Center for Security Policy, if you actually went to the American people and proposed that we turn over our personal medical health and freedom to this body, screwed it up recently, they wouldn't want any part of it. Beyond the secrecy, one reason that the treaty is facing hostility is that the WHO's performance during the COVID-19 pandemic undermined many people's confidence in the organization. When the WHO needed to step up and help the world navigate this unprecedented event of a novel coronavirus and global pandemic, they instead ignored facts. They parroted back some of the narrative of the Chinese Communist Party told them, and that's what we got, stated Representative Winstrup, chairman of the House Select Subcommittee on Coronavirus Pandemic. The WHO denied that COVID-19 was spread via human-to-human transmission based entirely upon the word of the Chinese government the CCP. I think maybe most appalling is that the WHO even delayed naming the pandemic a public health emergency of international concern because the CCP confirmed that the spread of the virus was under control. 
These are not actions of a properly functioning, transparent, nonpartisan organization. We need a system where the global public health and local public health entities do not mislead the American public in any, any way, shape, or form. Dr. Monique Wubenhost, an OBGYN and former global health administrator at the U.S. Agency for International Development, said the WHO's performance during other pandemics was no better than its performance during COVID-19. I was in West, West Africa doing Ebola in 2014. Dr. Wubenhost said the WHO's response was hampered by poor communication, lack of realization of the seriousness of the outbreak, and inadequate action. During the pandemic in Liberia, the WHO was not able to adequately manage the pandemic response, provide timely and accurate information, or hold member states accountable for their lack of data sharing, she added. She said the WHO hasn't demonstrated that it has addressed the institutional problems that underlie those failures. Corruption, favoritism, inappropriate use of funds, collusion with terrorists, and sexual misconduct have been documented documented at UN agencies, she said. Such incidents show that, sadly, the UN appears to lack effective mechanism for oversight and accountability, and this would apply to any efforts to increase its authority over pandemic prevention, surveillance, response, and recovery. Proponents of the WHO treaty argue that its purpose is to provide funding and authority so that the WHO can provide its pandemic response. According to the WHO's website, WHO member states have developed multiple global legally binding agreements, conventions, accords, and other types of international international instruments to protect and promote people's health, including the WHO constitution itself, the WHO framework, Convention on Tobacco Control and the International Health Regulation. These international instruments represent a commitment by countries of the world to address the health needs of their citizens to advance their health status and strengthen the socioeconomic status of their communities at large. But critics agree that the drafts they have been able to review thus far aren't likely to achieve this goal. We're going through a multi-year, actually rushed treaty process to have the world adopt a new pandemic treaty, and there is not one provision in there that would have actually dealt with the most important issue, the lack of accountability and transparency by the People's Republic of China in disclosing vitally important epidemiological information, Mr. Brimberg said. Experts also can provisions in the WHO agreement that give it the authority to coordinate supply chains for vaccines, medicine, medicinal products. In addition, one of the stipulations in the agreement is that during a pandemic, member states will transfer a portion of their medicines and health devices to the WHO, who would then distribute them globally according to its core mission of achieving equity. The WHO is supposed to get 20% of all pandemic-related products. Seriously? Dr. Wuvenhoff said, but regarding how those products would be then distributed by the WHO. There's a lack of accountability and there's no independent monitoring or audit body that is identified. The stipulation in the treaty to favor developing nations in order to meet equity goals could result in a transfer of medicines and medical technologies from the United States to countries such as China, analysts said. 
Much of the draft focuses on providing special treatment for developing countries, including financial support and policies designed to promote research collaboration, said Brett Schaefer, a research fellow at the Heritage Foundation. While there are reasons to support these types of activities to help developing countries bolster their health systems, these efforts should be voluntary, not obligatory through a treaty. In addition, because the UN considers China to be a developing country, they will benefit from special treatment and access to proprietary technology and know-how. U.S. law doesn't give the federal government authority over health matters, thus leaving it to states. However, the Biden administration wants the WHO agreement and the IHR amendment signed in order to justify having more federal control to set health policy, Mr. Gaffney said. The Biden administration wants to have somebody else telling it to do what it wants to do. At the peril of our freedoms, the Constitution and the Republic, he said. During COVID-19, even though federal agency didn't have didn't have the legal authority to direct health policy, they frequently issued directives and recommendations on things such as maxing, masking, vaccines, and school closures, which were largely followed by municipalities, companies, and school districts. Critics of the treaty argue that having a central global authority issuing directives would reinforce such efforts to federalize a pandemic response worry that likewise directives and recommendations from the WHO will become de facto policy in the United States, and they say that signing up would be a step toward global government governance at the cost of constitutional rights. This fear of losing civil liberty is, is heightened by numerous actions by state actors and health officials that violated civil rights during COVID-19, including censorship, lockdowns, vaccine passports, church and school closures, and attempts to force vaccinations, such as the 2021 U.S. Occupational Safety and Health Administration directive that compelled companies to fire unvaccinated employees. I served as chair of the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom, and I saw how Western governments use that to violate fundamental human rights, freedom of speech, and the censoring of voices on social media platforms, Mr. Perkins said. Government officials intentionally took down credible scientific voices that challenged the global misdiagnosis and subsequent global protocols. Families were separated, churches and other support groups were closed. At the tip of the spear of these failed approaches was the World Health Organization. Instead of acknowledging its failures, the WHO seeks to submit its disastrous approach to the entire world as the way forward in a binding agreement. In November 2023, Human Rights Watch stated that current draft, the WHO agreement, fails to enshrine core human rights standards protected under international law, therefore risking a repeat of the tragic failures during the COVID-19 pandemic. The current proposed text offers a weak framework for ensuring that companies will, countries, sorry, will be accountable for maintaining a rights-compliant response to future pandemics. Human Rights Watch stated, the group said other human rights organizations agreed with its stance, including Amnesty International, the Global Initiative for Economic, Social, and Cultural Rights, and the International Commission of Jurists. One core human right that may come into conflict with the WHO Accord is the freedom of speech. In light of efforts by the WHO and other global institutions to fight misinformation, 
One of the directives under the WHO's Net Zero Draft Accord is that members will commit to tackle false, misleading, misinformation, or disinformation and conduct regular social listening and analysis to identify the prevalence and profiles of misinformation. This is consistent with the World Economic Forum's 2024 Global Risk Report, which calls misinformation the most severe global risk, echoing that viewpoint European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen told attendees at the World Economic Forum Davos Summit in January that the top concern for the next two years is not conflict or climate. It is disinformation and misinformation. That view also appears to be gaining traction in the United States, despite First Amendment protections against regulating speech. Recently, several academians and doctors have charged that their research, which criticizes government policies such as lockdowns and compulsory vaccinations, is being censored in academic journals and the media. In a case currently before the Supreme Court, Murphy versus Missouri, originally filed as Missouri versus Biden, state attorney general from Louisiana and Missouri have charged that the Biden administration pressured social media companies to censor protected speech that contradicted the government's narrative regarding COVID-19 origins, vaccines, and treatments. In September 2023, a district court judge ruled against the Biden administration in this case declaring that the administration's effort to censor Americans was the most massive attack against free speech in the United States history and that the Biden administration blatantly ignored the First Amendment's right to free speech. Thank you, Lord, for helping me with that. Amen. So, Brother Marshall, it's time for us to pray. Amen. As soon as I get there we go. Hopefully the Lord can hear me anyway. Praise the Lord. That's all that really matters. Father, you said, call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. Thank you for Pastor Sabrina and uh, uh, Pastor Bill uh, getting all this information out, expressing it. We thank you, Lord, the various concerns that we have. You said, if any man... Lacks wisdom. Let him ask of God who giveth all men liberally and obeys not. I ask for your wisdom, Lord, to help me to know what to do and how to pray the way you want under the unction of your spirit. And we thank you, Father God, for your promises that are always just and amen in Christ Jesus. You said, put in remembrance, let us plead together, declare thou thou mayest be justified, together with the big brother Jesus, who says, Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. He's with us even right now. He may appear to be like the last days, as Pastor Sabrina alluded to during her her. Uh, uh, talk to this evening, her, her sermon, Father God, you said, and the big solution is it's not by human mind, human power, because obviously we can't trust all these uh, people who have been put into positions of authority uh, by the dark side, Father God, in Jesus' name. But you said we're supposed to trust in you, and you would deliver us, because your arm's not too short to save. And you said, does save the Lord that made thee and formed thee from the womb, which will help thee. Thank you for forming all of us. From the womb, I wasn't there when you put me together. Well, I guess I was, but not, not the way I am now, anyway. Father God, I didn't create myself, but you said, which will help thee. So Lord, help us all. You said, thus saith the Lord that made thee and formed thee from the womb. 
in Isaiah 44.2, which will help thee. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant. Fear not, O Marshall, my servant. And thou, Jezreel, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessing upon thine offspring. Father, please pour forth of your spirit. And those people in Congress in the United States, in in Europe and other nations in England, Father God, in in the United Kingdom, pour forth of your spirit. Father, grant them, those that need it, the gifts of, they can receive it, the gifts of repentance, the acknowledge of the truth, so they recover themselves from the snare of the devil. We pray for those who despitefully use us. Father God, in Jesus, and we do speak confusion, division of the enemy's camp, confusion, division. We bind every plan, scheme of the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy, coming against every one of us. Every, every occultic spirit coming to steal, kill, and destroy, bound and guide, in Jesus' name. Coming from all the multiple, multiple different groups that have nasty plans for human beings, not just in America, and not just the United Kingdom. No, seems like just about every nation, not just Ukraine. They're not doing very nice things to Ukraine, are they? They think it's their little playground. They think they're going to be able to divvy up that little piece of territory and, and have control over what used to be really wonderful um, farmland, Father God, and, and use it for their other purposes. They used to have been using Ukraine for many years in many countries, including China, where their Belt and Road Initiative, they want to go right through Ukraine. <clears throat> this same route, Marco Polo travel. <laughs> Things that are new have been already done before. They have, this is all the game plan from these dark people, all these uh, people in authority, Father God, some of them going back thousands of years, Father God. But we know, Father God, you said, if two of you on earth agree touching anything you ask, it shall be done in my Father, which is in heaven. So, Father, we ask you to deliver us, and all, especially all the children, all the children, Father God. Those people, not just the children that have been given now, uh, all the uh, nasty drinks, Father God, the so-called energy drinks, which have all questionable stuff in them, a lot of nasty stuff in them, Father God, in Jesus' name. I think someone even said some of them have body parts from fetuses that have been aborted. Why would they want to do that? <laughs> because they are rather sick, Father God. They are serving as a very dark Lord, Father God. And not, but yet, that wouldn't necessarily cause people to necessarily have all these symptoms, or would it? <clears throat> We're not supposed to be cannibals, are we? So some people think that applies to people partaking of the Lord's Supper, but it's not really quite the same thing. We're supposed to be partakers of the divine nature. And that's because we are partakers of the divine nature, because we drink into one spirit with you, Lord. We come before your throne of grace, and we ask for your help for all the children, Father God, all the children in every area, Father God, in Jesus' name. Not concerning just the energy drinks, Father God, but set up a quote, anybody get there? So many different things Pastor Sabrina went through. This just goes on and on and on. <laughs> My goodness. Wow. Because you say you don't want one of these little ones to perish, Lord, including those in the Palestinian territory, Father God, that Pastor Sabrina read through about how Al Jazeera has been earmarked because they don't want the truth to get out, or what they think is not truth. I think it's just a, you know, it's, it's, it's a slur on the wonderful state of Israel. They would never do anything terrible. <clears throat> Are they human beings too? Or do some of them, uh, the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Father God, only Jesus can clean our hearts up. Only Jesus 
only by the Holy Ghost, Father God, as we look to you. So, Father, we do look to you, Lord. What can we do, Father God? We look to you in every one of these situations, Father God, and we ask for your divine help and adjudication in each and every one of the situations, Father, in Jesus' name. Pour forth of your spirit, Father God. Pour forth of your spirit and help the people that are making decisions to be either have their hearts changed, come to the truth, come into the light, come out of darkness, the people trying to ram through the WHO thing without calling it a treaty. We thank you for those that are standing for the truth concerning this matter, that uh, they don't want to have some uh, international global body, who they've been planning to do this for a long time, as Pat Holliday reminded us many, many times about the original uh, George Bush uh, Sr., uh, going to the U.N. and saying about New World Order. <laughs> They've been planning this a whole long time, Father God. But they know what's going on. And they even have in their artwork at uh, where was it, Bank of America and the airport in, in Colorado and Denver and uh, where, where, where is that? Um, St. John's Church on the Pillars or whatever in New York City, which is not really a real church. It was the Church of Satan maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. But they have all the things about the sleeping giant. So, Father God, you know that the body of Christ has been called the sleeping giant. But, Father, we ask you to continue to wake up the body of Christ all over your earth, Father God, because it's not by human mighty human power. It's by your spirit. And inspire the people, including me, to allow the Holy Ghost to groan through us the way you want. Because why does he do that? He even educates us. He even teaches us. Maybe Pastor Springer mentioned that. I know she read several things from 1 Corinthians 14. That wasn't able to follow every bit of it, Father God. But it says that the Holy Ghost edifies us in First Corinthians. Where is that? Is that where it is? First Corinthians 14? 14, verse 4. He that speaketh an unknown tongue edifies himself. Because you'll teach us what you want us to do. Unite our hearts to fear your name, Lord. Have a holy, holy, holy fear of your name. His name is Jesus. For he will save his people from their sin. And when Jesus came in to um, Jerusalem on, on Palm Sunday... They said, Hosanna to the Son of David, which means, save us now, Lord. Save us now. Kind of upset about that. We ask you to do so. We thank you for doing so, Father. We thank you for that. Your arm's not too short to save. We thank you for your mercies that are new every day, Lord, in Jesus' name, because of the blood of the covenant, for delivering us for your name's sake. We don't deserve it, but Jesus paid the price. We don't deserve it, but you're so gracious, and your mercies are new every day. So, Father, kind of a city. You said, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler in the horn of my salvation and my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from mine enemies. So, Father, we ask you to deliver us from all of our enemies, and we thank you for doing so. We loose your obedient angels, Father God. What you said, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Now, in agreement with the saints in Matthew 18, 18, but in, for the individual Holy Ghost-filled saints, Father God, in Matthew 16, 19. So we bind you, Satan. We bind everyone under the seeking to kill, steal, and destroy. Every mind control spirit, all those spirits behind the pushing of, of misinformation, lockdown, and, and uh, control of people's thinking. We bind every spirit of stinking thinking. Father God is trying to say, oh, but we need to protect the company's interests uh, you know, uh, of, of uh, you know, all these people that are, you know, selling energy drinks or the people at, at the post office, well, they don't need a couple billion dollars. We sent all that money to you where? Ukraine. Oh, now we're going to send it to where? Uh, Israel. 
Because are they doing really nice things for the American people over there in Israel? How about Ukraine? Are they doing nice things for the people in America? Why are the tax dollars going over there, Father? We ask for your divine help and adjudication in Jesus' name, and we thank you for doing so, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your mercies that are new every day. We thank you for loosing your angels, giving your angels charge over each of us, Father God, moment by moment, each of us. Warning angels, guardians, thank you especially for the angel Lord that encamps around about them that fears your Lord and delivers them. We don't worship any created beings. I think that maybe the angel Lord not be a manifestation of the King of Kings, the Lord Jesus. But, Father God, we do thank you. It says in the end of Psalm 103, the Lord has prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Jesus is Lord of all. He's ruling over all in heaven and on earth. He's Lord of all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels that excel in the strength that do his command. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 